This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt is leading us through a discussion of the purpose of the law as God reveals it to us. Turn to Psalm 19, verse 7, and let's get started. Hey, Thad, how are you doing today? Matt, it's good to be here. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. We are back with our Planted Podcast. I'm Pastor Matt Grimm, and Thad Keenel's here with me. We're with Cornerstone uh, Church in Brighton, Michigan, and we are uh, continuing our discussion on Psalm 19. Um, we've this first kind of opening series of podcasts. We've been focusing on the Word of God and uh, just how good it is for us in our life and trustworthy and and uh, how it leads us to salvation. And so we uh, started last week looking at Psalm 19 and how God reveals Himself. And, and last week, actually, we primarily focused on general revelation uh, because that's what the first six verses of Psalm 19 talks about. Uh, so, uh, and it's very interesting as I was, I was, I was just doing a little prep work here that, uh, and just noticing, um, that, you know, the Lord, the word, the Lord, which is the, the personal name of God in, in, uh, his covenant name for Israel is, uh, often you'll see in your English translation, it's all, it's L O R D all capitalized. Right. And that's, that's Yahweh, um, the first six verses do not mention Yahweh. They just mention God, El, uh, which is very interesting because that's the same with Genesis 1. Genesis 1 um, is just uses the, the word El, God, in it, but it's in Genesis 2 um, with the story of the Garden of Eden when Yahweh is in, the word Yahweh is introduced. And it's because in the creation of Adam and he, he kind of gives the command and there's this covenant you know, form of relationship that is there with the tree and don't eat of this tree and all that kind of stuff. And so it's just interesting here that I just noticed that, that in Psalm 19, the first six verses, as it's talking about general revelation, um, Yahweh's not mentioned, but then when he starts getting into the law here in chapter seven, it's the law of the Lord. Never paid attention to that before. And that's just great because you see, just like, like you said, uh, uh, the creation as it speaks of in Mm -hmm. Roman Romans 1, as we spoke of last time, yep. was the general revelation part. Yep. And now as we get into special revelation of the law, uh, he, uh, as he did with Moses, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, introduction time. Here I yeah. am. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, we, read, we read the entire psalm last, last time. And so I think we'll just, um, instead of reading it again, now we'll just jump in um, and start going through the verses here. And I think we're today mostly going to focus on verses 7 through 10 and really get into some um, detailed description about the law. Some of these um, words that are used, there are uh, nouns used uh, concerning the law, and then and then there are also some verbs as well that are used. And so, um, so yeah, so as we get into this, uh, it's just a little more introduction. So as we think about the law... Um, what what comes to mind as 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 you think about the law? What do you think are just the your general Christian when they think of the law? What are they the law of God? What do they think of? 
Well, I think the when people in general think mm-hmm. of the law, it's a list of do's and don'ts, primarily yeah. don'ts, you know, prohibitions, right. don't do this or you'll get spanked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that in the general way, uh, in the Christian mind and maybe in the Jewish mind, uh, we primarily might think of the Ten Commandments as the okay. law. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's one way. Um, you know, so with those do's and don'ts, maybe we think people might think of rules, sure, right? Or, or even the word commands. You know, what God commands us to do or not to do. But as it relates to this, as it relates to the Lord, this Yahweh, right? I think it's it's good to put this in context that the giving of the law. Um, when does God give the law to the people? Is it um, before he chooses them or after he chooses them? It is after. Yes. Yes, quite a bit after. Right. So is the law given for the people to um, earn a relationship with God? No, absolutely not. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's uh, there's nothing earned in, in the relationship with God. It's, uh, it is based upon uh, his calling and people who show themselves willing to serve. And I would just add a little bit uh, to that, that there's, um, when we say the giving of the law, uh, we might be thinking all the way to Moses is, is one thing, but there are some things that are simple reiterations of laws that stand fast um, all the way from the time of the garden. For example, when he gives the command for the Sabbath, he says to remember the Sabbath, mm-hmm. to keep it holy. Right. And we know that that was established back in the time of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to think about that, that this is, is this is a relational um, covenant that, that is being entered into with, with God and man, you know, even, even from the beginning in, in the garden, but especially here as we think about the laws given to Moses and the Israelites, that we have um, in a, it's, it's kind of a covenantal agreement that, that's, um, that's, that is, an, is to be an expression of that relationship, right? Uh, and I think it's important just to keep that in mind as we, as we look at this and define these things, because it's very foreign, I think, to the Western mind or even the modern, especially the modern mind. Because when we think of law, we think of civil laws and we think sure. of, of um, you know, just purely right versus wrong sometimes or morality and ethics and things like that, which is all, it's not that these things aren't, aren't related, but there's a deeper dynamic here. So when the Lord enters into a relationship, covenant relationship with Israel, what does he take them to be? What is his call upon them? Um, I guess I'll need a little more okay. to that question. Think, okay, think of think of um, in in Exodus when when they before Moses goes up on the mountain to get the law. Before that, God calls the entire people there before the mountain, and He says, "I will be your God." Right. Right. And will you? And basically, will you be my people? Right, right. So they and and he says that they're going to be a a nation of of priests. That the, their job is to be a blessing to all the nations. Their job is to represent God to all. Right. To all the okay. World, yeah. Right? No, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And so we have uh, uh, this people that are as God is offering to them this covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's telling them this is going to be the covenant relationship. Right. And there's going to be a people that will uh, uh, 
certainly stick with those rules. And he also gives uh, warnings that if uh, that if you don't adhere to the covenant, then there's going to be this rejection. You're going to be outside the camp, so to speak, right? And it's not necessarily speaking of a salvific thing, but just a relationship matter um, in that aspect. Yeah, and and it's specifically, I think a lot of it is it's related to their witness to the nations. If they're going to be a blessing to the nations, if they're going to to re- they're to reveal Yahweh to the nations, right? And God's already and Yahweh's already done that yeah. in delivering them from Egypt, right? The nations see what the power of God. They see his his election of this people, right? And right. now, if these are the people of Yahweh, they are representing Him, right? Right? Absolutely. And, and it, so, if we think, yeah. if we just think of the first three commandments, right? They're they have no other gods. They're not to make idols because Yahweh is their God, right? And they're made in his image. So if anybody's supposed to represent him, it's not to be a statue, right? It's to be them themselves. And then the third commandment is don't take the norm, the name of the Lord in vain, right? Right. Which Which, has, but another way to right. say that is don't carry the name of the Lord or bear the name of the Lord right. in vain. Right. It's, so it's not about speech. It's right. about your witness. Right. It's about your behavior. So the question is, how then should I live? Oh, the law tells me how I should live. Right. Right. Yep. That, and so that perfect these... set of instructions for us and to guide us and direct yeah. us to exactly. how to. Yeah. Right. So, so I think that's an important context, even as we get into <clears throat> um, into this. So so uh, I'm going to let you kick off going through some of the verses, um, and uh, and we'll get going here with with verse seven. Do you have, do you have it there to read? Yeah, I sure do. Okay. So in verse seven. Um, it reads, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So okay. two parts there. Two parts. So let's take the first part, because here we have a, a noun and a verb, right? So the Lord, law of the Lord is perfect, okay? So, uh, which is an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah here verb in, or, in or maybe even an adjective describing the, the law there. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah it's, but it's, the converting part would be the... the yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it may be like yeah. a, an adjective being used a little bit as a noun, right? But right. Uh, I forget what that's called in grammar. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, <laughs> just give me a math question. That'll be easier for me. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so the law is... We'll take that first, um, because maybe that... You're right. That, I think that is the... That is the noun. There is just the word law or Torah, mm-hmm. um, and then you're in. You're correct. It is the the perfect is a description of that. So um, we we've mentioned you know what people think of it, but this word Torah is um, is in some ways a comprehensive um, you know term uh, for God's revealed will. Right. right. Yeah. Just as you were yeah. saying earlier, I mean, it doesn't just mean law, um, like civil law, but mm-hmm. it's about discretion, and it is also about the uh, instruction for his people. Right. Yeah. And so it's and and we saw, I think, a few episodes ago, we talked about it. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Right. So it gives us direction. It helps. It helps shine. The light of which of how we're supposed to live right. in, in all in all of that, and so the verb there then that it says it revives the soul or restores the soul. What's happening there? Do you think? 
Well, to me, uh, my first impression when I read that, and, and perhaps there's more to it, uh, but I was immediately kind of drawn to the the New Testament thought on mm-hmm. how the law works, and I see a a conversion aspect to this where the law points out the things that we do wrong, realizing that we need um, and must have dependency upon the Lord. And so it drives us back mm-hmm. to dependency on the God. So when I see revives us or restores us, uh, I'm thinking almost like it refreshes us back to our focus to be on the Lord. That's the, my first thought. Okay. Yeah. And in, in, in doing so, it if our soul ha- needs to be revived, then it's in some kind of state before that. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And so the law points us to our need for God and his light and his his salvation, right? Uh, and so in that sense, in that sense, how does that make it perfect? Or when we think of when we think of of perfect, you know, we think of something, you know, without flaw or um in a pristine state or or something, you know, too. But um in, from a biblical sense, how does is perfection more maybe than just that? Um, it could be pointing to the fact um, uh, of that it's valid and that it's mm-hmm. true, and uh, that it's something that um, can be trusted. That it can be right. that we can we can f- fall upon what it's saying uh, and stand upon that as um, as fact. Right. Yeah. It, it it often I think. Can and, and I might be thinking a little bit here of a New Testament term as well, but even this idea of it's something that is completing us. It's you know to be that you know we're being made perfect. That perfection is isn't necessarily um, just a state of not being without sin, but it's a, a perf- something perfect is actually something that is has grown up and become mature. Right. You know too, and and so. So the law of the Lord itself is perfect. It's without flaw. It's without error. Yeah. All those kind of things. I see where you're but going I think with it that. Helps maybe. Us, yeah. But I think it, I'm just trying to think of how this connects to reviving the soul, and it just makes me think of Romans 12, um, which we talked <clears throat> about in a previous episode, sure. right? But when he talks about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and we've talked about how the law helps us with that. Now, obviously, the Spirit, which we've talked about as well, without the Spirit, we can't understand it. Right. And without the power of the Spirit, we can't comprehend and apply it to our life. But but the Spirit uses the law. It uses God's Word. And so, um, be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And perfect, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. And so, for application within the believer— we could maybe parallel that with how it speaks of us being refined as gold. Yes. So gold, when it goes through the fire, mm-hmm. um, which could be trials or tribulation or recognition of, of possible sin and repentance, um, the impurities rise to the top mm-hmm. and they get skimmed. And so it becomes more pure um, where the law is already perfectly pure, but right. we're going through that process, which we would call sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the law helps us and, and guides us in that um, trek that we're taking. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the it you know the the another potential um, translation for this word could be blameless. The mm. law of the Lord is blameless, sure. revi- reviving the soul too. That there's, um, but I, I don't know. And maybe uh, maybe some 
Hebrew scholar will listen to this at some point and send me an email and say, no, you kind of are, <laughs> you're off a little bit here. <laughs> but I, but I, I just have the sense that, the, you know, I'm asking what's the relationship between the perfection of the law and the reviving of the soul. And I think there is something to that, that it's leading us to a fullness, right? Yeah. That, that is there. And, and it, it's, um, it's not, it, it does convict us, right? But it also guides us, Um Right, you know, and yeah. so well, I actually did look up the Hebrew just so yeah, you know, okay. and it and it, and the reason I didn't even put down definition, it right. was so close to perfect, it almost like said perfect or perfecting, uh-huh. you know, and uh, so I think as you have said already, right. you know that it stands on its own as being perfectly righteous, mm-hmm. so the law has its its own righteousness. In fact, Paul Lutz says there is the law sin. He said, you know, God forbid. Exactly. That that's kind of where I was a little bit where I was going. That you know, you know, he says it's holy, righteous, and good. Right. You know. And so, um, but but it's it's given to have an effect. Now, one thing it does do, it as Paul says in Romans, it does. You know, we wouldn't know sin, our sin without the law, right? So it does do that. But it also is there to point us, you know, into that. And there's something about the the, the use of the law by the Spirit, right, that revives the soul. Right. That when we are enlightened to the good news of Christ and and just the the good hear the goodness of Yahweh and that he is their salvation that that's that's what gives life to the soul right and this right? is and this actually has some universal um qualities to it or general revelation mm-hmm. qualities if you will uh for those around the world that you say well they don't know the 10 commandments but that law um is actually written on their hearts where uh as Paul also says the law becomes their actions become a law mm-hmm. to themselves in other words they Every, if you look at the tribes around the world that have not heard the word of God, they already have internal tribal laws of, right. such as do not steal, right. um, do not kill. These are all just naturalistic laws that they understand mm-hmm. already without understanding the Ten Commandments. You know, in a sense, this is speaking um, in a general sense to everybody in the world. Well, I, I, yeah, I think there's a, there's a sense in which the the obviously the the covenantal law of god is going to reflect all those truths that that are should be self-evident but our darkened hearts as we've talked before right. lead people astray but i you know i think there like you say you see those commonalities that are there i think that when it points i think it points to the fact that we could all trace our ancestry back to a you know common parents right right and that that even though um, people have turned away there's still some residue of the image of God in everybody, right? right? Even yeah. though it's warped and cracked right. and right. and not reflecting God as we could, there there's just things about that that I think. And, and the part of that too is is God's providence um, to not allow the world to become as bad as it could be, right? Right. <laughs> right. But it also shows that the law, without the revelation through the Holy Spirit or the conversion factor mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, um, is is a condemning. Yeah. Thing, right, right, right. So we stand condemned if yeah. we if there's no repentance. Yeah. So, so then the second half, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So that word testimony there, what, what does what um, images does that bring to mind or, or thoughts? Um, typically, that is um, speaking or representing uh, to others um, a certain a certain fact, mm-hmm. and uh, what. It, what it then goes to show uh, when you look up some of the uh, synonyms on that is it's a witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that 
you know, a, a testimony needs a testator, you know? Right, right. And so I, I think of, you know, when Jesus um, declares himself to be a light of the world, um, in, in John, they, the, the Pharisees come and ask him, you know, well, who, who, who's your witness to this? Who's testifying you? And he's, he's basically saying, well, it's the Father's my, <laughs> you know, my, my witness. But, right. but there, there's something, too, that the law stands with the character of the Lord. That it, it is a witness to God's character. It's not just, God, uh, Yahweh's not some arbitrary, capricious deity who's just, you know, power hungry or out there to get his, his jollies off of making the, these humans do certain things, you know. Right. He, you know, it, 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 it's a reflection, it's a witness, it's a testimony to his very character. Um, and, and in that sense, um, you know, it's it, sure it's trustworthy, um, it, it faithful, uh, that all those things speak to um, speak to the law, but then you can say the very same things about the Lord himself. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what the, the purpose is, is to drive us to have more character as the Roman 12 verse is yeah. to mimic and actually mm-hmm. be... Um, transformed into that likeness. Right. And so I think that's something, too, about as we think about, I, I think about my kids growing up and trying to raise them in the way of the Lord, you know, um, teaching them the Bible, bringing them to church to have others teach them the Bible, um, you know, uh, and because I want them to, to shape their life. and I, But I, ultimately, I want them to trust in Jesus. Uh, but along the way, sometimes they would, you know, I would say, well, you know, uh, don't lie. And they would say, they would say, why? Now, sometimes the, the easy way out is just to say the Bible says so, which is not a bad answer because the Bible doesn't. You know. Our time has come to a close today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue our look at the law of God as revealed in Psalm 19. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.